Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why, hello there, everybody. This is Brett here. Welcome back to Baby Got Batch. What about me, bro? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I what? didn't, I didn't yeah. know how to bring you in here. I well, I, I'm, I'm by myself. I, I left you for dead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm I was Camila. Expecting you. There you go. Listen. I was I, about listen, to I didn't say. Want to speak. I was about to say. And I'm Camila. And you just went welcome everybody. I was like, oh. I, <laughs> listen. I didn't want to speak for you, but I also feel like this <laughs> is just like a representation of how we're all feeling <laughs> after this past week of just like everything's off the rails. Everything's on fire. Quite literally. And. Uh, yeah, you know, but all being said, it's it's uh, great to be back with you, Camila, on Baby Got Batch. Oh, thank you, Brett. It's great to be back here with you as well. I guess to start <laughs> things off, how are you doing? Uh, you know, it's such a weird question to uh, yeah. even say and to, to capture feelings. But man, it's been a week. It's been a whirlwind. Um, it is no surprise to you, Brett, or the people uh, who love me. Um, and now you guys, I guess. That pandemic it hits everyone hard. It's definitely hit me hard. I'm a very uh, social, extroverted type person. So the isolation has definitely been difficult for me. And that's just something that, you know, like I'm learning to live through and live with. And, you know, yeah. vaccines are rolling out. The light is at the end of the tunnel. I'm patiently awaiting getting vaxxed up. But in the interim, you know, it's hard and we have to be nice to ourselves and kind of give each other a little bit of slack in terms of like maybe if our emotions feel a little bit more volatile than usual. And so that being said, that is just like a very long, nice, <laughs> fancy way of saying I'm a little bit more fragile than usual. I'm a little bit more yeah. delicate than I normally yeah. am. Yeah, that's the re- that's the word. Yeah, just a little fra- just a little <laughs> just a little bit more fragile. Just and this hellstorm thing Yeah. Yeah. is not is real is not is 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 not. It's Yeah. I have well, no words. You know what's wild? It's like if you zoom out of where we are right now, right? It's like a pandemic is enough, right? A pandemic is enough of a completely horseshit thing for all of us to sort through and mentally wrap our heads around. But let's add uh, challenging democracy in the let's foundation add a coup. of it. Let's, let's add, add a coup, coup attempt, add, an insurrection. Yeah, let's just add general political volatility. You know, it's this is a lot of uh, stimuli to say the least. So the fact yeah. that any of the fact that you're here listening to this podcast, oh. you made it through last week. You know, kudos to you. Kudos to you know. Oh, yeah, oh kudos, kudos to, to us. To We're us. doing this. Yeah. We're doing. As Becca would say, we're doing the damn thing. We're doing the damn thing. Shout out to Becca, who has really found a new light in being separated from Garrett also. And I'm very into that uh, that energy for her. She's a lot more outspoken, I think. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of, she's similar to the Becca that we were promised where mm. she's very uh and we'll get into actually bachelor activism or just acknowledgement of of life circumstance but i've really noticed a journey with becca where after the breakup with garrett 
she's just a bit more forthcoming with like, you know what? Fuck Trump. You know what? Yeah. Like, uh, you don't get to tell me to change my last name, which was some shade to Garrett. Ooh. And uh, yeah, no, so I'm liking this uh, journey for Becca. Okay. I just want to, I, I feel the need to say, I'm really excited to hear about this because, um, and just for our listeners, I don't think this has been very apparent. Like, I don't think we've, we've kind of addressed this, but Brett, you know, he's a spoiler watcher. Like he also is very much in contact with contestants and and producers and say so he's has an inside grip on this world and he really keeps up with people. And my relationship to the franchise has always been, you know, I stri- I'm strictly just watching and I yeah. avoid spoilers at all costs and I think that's that's one reason why we've really we love talking to each other because uh, yeah. I think we each have a, a different approach because we have a different perspective when we watch. And so I feel like I'm always getting the tea from Brett about Who's up to what? Who's changed in what way? Who's saying this? Who's saying that? Like, what's the what's the drama on TikTok? Like, I don't know any yeah. of these things. Like, I love TikTok. So if it comes up on my For You page, awesome. Yeah. But none of the dramas come up on my For You page. Only, like, silly things from contestants. But yeah. I only follow... I follow very few Bachelor Nation people on Instagram. Usually after the season's up, sometimes I unfollow them. Like, there's very Oof. few people that I... And maybe that'll change now that I'm more in it because of this podcast. You know, who knows? But that's just always been my relationship. So whenever Brett says something like this to me, I get so hyped. I'm like, oh my God, Brett, tell me everything. I want to hear the journey, the character arc, the development, the the true hero's journey. I'm excited for it. I think this was a very kind way of saying that uh, you have a healthier relationship with Bachelor <laughs> oh Nation <my> for me. <laughs> no, not even that that was your intent, but like this is my own <laughs> unpacking of like the fact that uh, literally as soon as something happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, like, let me take you down the saga of where Becca has been, <laughs> where she is now. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, listen, you know, there's not much else going on these days. So all the more reason to literally watch every single Bachelor related TikTok. Hey, like I said, we are more fragile now and we cope and we live through the day any way we can. And I am in pro of your relationship with The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. I'm in pro of it. And I have a feeling that I'm just going to get more roped into it. So that's the goal. It's the only reason I want to do this podcast. I mean, like if people (laughs) listen, cool, but it's really just to... To really to get me on your level, make your relationship unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, that's really what we're trying to do here. I'm trying to enable you to uh, to just go down the dark rabbit hole over here. That's really what I want. <laughs> and um, well, so we touched on this with with Becca. This whole idea of of bachelor activism or bachelor acknowledgement of what's going on. And mm-hmm. I do think it's obviously coming off of last week. All of us are tired and sad, or whatever emotion is currently being felt by you. Right. Um, but uh, I don't, something I did think about about a lot last week. Um, and, and, and notice, especially once I had some time to, to process the events that, it, that had happened, the, the, you know, domestic terrorism attack on the Capitol that was last Wednesday. Um, you know, obviously a lot of us were just in the moment initially, but then after some days pass, you can reflect on, okay, who of my, who my friends were, were talking about it. And then who, uh, I, you know, focusing on who you follow. So all these right. influencers, whether they're in, um, in bachelor nation or they're, you know, uh, in uh, below deck or what have you, <laughs> you know, whatever your vice is. Well, and- I, I will say, side note, you brought below deck into it, into this. Most <laughs> of the cast of below deck are not American. 
So oh, well, that'll there's do. a I lot mean, so less. That'll do. I'm just saying you can't print. You can't print. You don't dra- <laughs> Don't try to drag. Some they other don't have franchises like, through they the don't mud. have they don't have any sort of like American tie-in below. They deck? have Is, some. They have a okay. couple, but they're also just the leads are usually always not American for some reason. I th- I think okay. coincidentally, but um, yeah, yeah, there are some Americans. There are for sure, but it's just a global like there's people from all over the world in that industry in general. So I think it's just reflective of the industry that it's not majority Americans. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So whether mm-hmm. it's Bachelor, Below Deck, uh, <laughs> Selling Sunset, all, whatever your vice is, you know, I I was noticing uh, influencers from all these different spaces and how they were reacting. And I will like preface this with, well, one, uh, a big shout out to both Bachelor Data, which we've mentioned on the pod before and a yes. really fascinating Instagram account and Twitter account. Um, yep. And then also the Game of Roses pod. They actually teamed up where... Uh, Game of Roses was recapping, essentially, uh, or rounding up who was responding and with what. So there were some, you know, contestants. Again, like not even the bar is pretty low, right? Right. Um, you know, I, I don't think. Whoa, this it, is crazy. I'm sure yeah, that counts. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, honestly, it you know, it does. I mean, it's something, you know, I don't think, at least for me, I'm not turning to the most recent contestants on bachelor to give me uh really insightful political commentary and really affect change you know the bar that i'm setting is pretty low just self-awareness just sensitivity yeah yeah it's just sensitivity acknowledgement and uh they did just like a great roundup of who shared things uh who didn't on what platforms things like that and yeah you know and, and it's it's tricky because i do think there is this um interesting concept around what do we expect from our bachelor nation influencers you know i i for one am not going to them for groundbreaking insight when it comes to uh political activism or otherwise but you know the bar again is low it's just acknowledgement of things in the world are weird that is the that's all i really want and that's like okay check you just check the box on that front but what are your kind yeah. of thoughts on how, yeah, like how bachelor people should respond to things like this? If it's, if, do you think it's like warranted to expect something or what should we expect? Or I just have so many questions. What do we, what do we yeah, think? Yeah. I mean, well, obviously this is a lefty pod. <laughs> uh, so is it? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so my opinion is that, you know, silence is violence or to be quote unquote apolitical or silent on these issues is to be complicit, especially if you have a platform. You know, you have to be responsible for that platform. And I think I expect any person with a public platform to, you know, just to keep it truly bipartisan here to denounce white supremacy. Like white supremacy shouldn't be Mm, a partisan issue. And so denounce white supremacy, denounce an attack on the Capitol. <laughs> that shouldn't yeah. be bipartisan either, right? Denounce an, an attack on our democracy, literally yeah. a coup, an attempted coup, and, you know, insurrection, uh, usurpment or attempted usurpment of power. Like, it, it was a crazy thing that happened, and it's low key wild to not comment on it at all. And the double standards of police, you know, action or inaction, brutality or. Yeah enforcement whatever against conservative versus liberal protesters or majority white versus majority black protesters right. you know there's definitely 
there's overlap there. It's not one or the other. It's not, oh, it's because it's conservative versus liberal versus, oh, it's mainly white versus mainly black. You know, there's an overlap for a reason and there's intersectionality there for a reason. So I think with all that said, yeah, I want Bachelor Nation to, to say this is fucking whack and this is ridiculous to feel like it's political to call an attempted coup like to not call that whack like i think yeah in that sense the bar is on the ground i'm gonna leave it at that okay well (laughs) what i think about with this too is uh when it comes to the platform these people have is the old spider-man quote you know with great power comes great responsibility that's exactly what this is you know where there are friends of mine who aren't as politically it feels so silly to say politically active because it was literally an attack on the capital uh so it's like again you know it's not the same same scope by any measure but yeah Yeah. you know i have it's not like someone who sat out like the march for our lives you know right right so again with this great power comes great responsibility these people have a megaphone you know this going back to this graphic that bachelor data had so they split it up into both this current season the women on this season and then also Mm -hmm. just the top 15 people in bachelor nation so your hannah browns of the world tyler cameron's all that and who did share something this is mainly i believe on instagram and not twitter because some people said something on twitter but not instagram and i think that's Mm -hmm. fair but then also Instagram's the money maker. There's more pressure. Yeah, on Instagram. Instagram's where the money is. There's not really a lot of money on Twitter. So yeah, so people might be more inclined to say something on Twitter, but then when it might hurt their following or their their sponsorship deals in the future to alienate a certain part of their audience, which maybe not a great mm-hmm. part of your audience, but still stands. Yeah, uh, then they might <laughs> not be pushed to do that. But really, like these numbers, five hundred thousand ish for. Uh, impact for the people who did share on this season as far as how many followers collectively they currently have. And with the top 15 accounts, the people who did share something, that's an impact of 15 million people. Uh, and then the converse is, uh, is 12 million who who didn't share. So that's a lot of yeah. people you're reaching or either not, you know, or not reaching. So I don't know, it just, it yeah. just matters. Or reaching with a separate message, right? The message is you don't condemn yeah yeah Uh, but to close out on a positive on this section anyway and then we'll get into the actual episode for tonight uh was i did want to really make note of matt's response to to all this as well Mm -hmm. and he was actually an example of someone where they you know there were things going on in the day maybe he has a healthy relationship with cnn and isn't glued to it like i certainly am um and uh (laughs) So he posted, I don't know if it was scheduled, but an Instagram picture of him golfing at four or five or something like that. And it was just like a very carefree caption. Yeah. Yeah. It said something. And the caption was something indicative of like golfing the day away. It was like, oh, that really makes it worse. Like it was such an innocent caption, but it was definitely like. Oh, I actually have it here. Ooh, what is it? The caption was spent most of the time looking for my ball. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> it, it was just a, of words. W- a, a series of unfortunate events. I, I guess I'm I'm again going to maybe give him the benefit of the doubt, but uh, so then he did delete that after people were like, "What are you doing?" Which very <laughs> fair, and I'm glad that he took that down. Uh, but then the next day, uh, he posted both on Twitter and and Instagram stories, I think, uh, and he said. 
Yesterday, as we watched riots take place inside our capital, we are reminded yet again we're living in two different Americas. As a black man who saw how peaceful protesters were handled this summer, I know a group of black or brown rioters would not have been dealt with the same way. We need to address the hypocrisy and injustice in our country to set a better example for the next generation. I'm praying for America in 2021 and to say nothing is saying something. And I thought, even if it took a little bit to get that up there maybe it wasn't right at 4 p.m i'm i I think that was really really great for for him to say and especially making note of and i think a lot of people don't really think about how difficult it is as a lead abc is watching everything he's posting and they might even have to approve everything he's posting it's one thing to be a contestant on a season it's a whole other thing to be a lead. It's a whole other thing to be the first black lead of the Bachelor franchise or the Bachelor, you know, the Bachelor part of the Bachelor franchise. And yeah, uh, yeah so I'm, I'm really glad he said something and also worth pointing out that Tasha did as well. Something really similar to uh, what Matt said there. But just want, yeah, wanted to give major kudos to that. And on that super. On that super uh, fun note. So on that super fun note. Now um, we can get into the episode. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Brett, should we get into the episode? All right. So this cold open, a little different than last week. Last week we had the vibrator cold open. This time we get a dramatic shot. Looks like it's the rose ceremony later on, or maybe it's mid-episode. Who knows? Very mysterious. And it's Brie. It's definitely Brie. a rose ceremony, Brett. <laughs> no, but they have they have rose ceremonies like all over the place. That's what more I'm saying is it could have been no. the end oh, of the episode. Oh, you meant you meant like end of the episode. Yeah, okay. Right. I thought you meant like maybe it's rose ceremony, maybe it's not. I was like, No, what? no, no. It is very clearly <laughs> rose ceremony. It just may have been mid-episode, it may have been late episode. Right, right, right. It may have I been hear two you. weeks from you. now. Who knows with well, the way that they're teasing us? I don't know anything. <laughs> But um, no, and then we have Brie going over to Sarah because Sarah looks like she's going to pass out. It looks like she is blacking out. Who knows what's going on there? Yeah. And I got to say, I noticed like pretty immediately that I didn't clock that it was Sarah right away, but I did notice that the two women who were who were leaving the rose ceremony had roses. So I was kind of like. What what's going on here? Like just kind of like piqued my interest even more. Like what exactly is going down here? Like not to say that, oh, she must not be faking it because she has a rose or whatever. But it's more like if you have a rose, like is it nerves or like is it like a pre-existing condition? Like what, you know, you would think it's not nerves because she's safe. I don't know. My mind's going a million miles a minute and I, I want to make sure I want to know they're OK. And I'm just really freaking curious what it is that that's hip hop happening over there with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was it's a it's a way to start things off, but I do want to say I'm very impressed that you <laughs> noticed that they both had roses, but also a bit confused that you noticed they had roses but did not know who fell. It's like it's one it's to to notice one thing and not to be able to identify them is <laughs> quite the I think <laughs> feet. <laughs> so To be fair, as we all know, Brett is really, really, really ingratiated in the franchise in a way that I'm not. Like, I'm definitely more of a just watching the show. And that's kind of where I'm getting my info and my first impressions and all this stuff. Brett studies the game. He studies the he studies this work of art in a way that would make any master jealous. Um, And, you know, all the contestants ahead of time. I see them for the first time the first day. So now that that we've seen that I've seen the one on one with Sarah now I'm like, okay, that's Sarah, that's her face. 
But when I saw the cold open, I had I was like, "This is a blonde lady with a rose." <laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because <laughs> because I do think I'm getting better with names. But that being said, it's still a mess where there yeah. are certainly people who get a rose, and I'm like, literally, don't think you've been on the show. But okay, fake news. Yeah, there were there were a couple faces because I it's definitely faces first than names. Yeah, and there were a couple faces today where I was like, "Who the who are you?" <laughs> There so was two specifically, and I didn't go and look up their names. But I was just like, huh. So after we get this this dramatic cold open, then we get a little montage scene, another little workout montage of Matt running. And Matt, once again, with the, the little Peloton bike, we're getting that product placement in <laughs> episode number two. You are obsessed with Matt and his Peloton, Brett. I mean, listen, it's... I don't know if that's the right word, but I do admit that I have some personal news on that front. Yeah. Is that I'm joining the Peloton cult. I finally broke. Oh, my God. Maybe it was Matt <laughs> that broke me. Just this subliminal advertising. I think my psyche finally broke. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a big believer in non-promatic cults. Like, I get the appeal. You know, Bachelor Nation, I would argue, kind of a cult. And Peloton, <laughs> same energy as Bachelor Nation cult. So I'm 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 coming. It's not gonna get here until April, but Oh my god, I'm that's insane also. <laughs> I know. A little bit. A little bit. Really forward. Well, I'm thinking. glad that you're planning for your future. Oh, I'm trying my <laughs> best. Peloton. Anyway, so after that it wouldn't be the Bachelor without a little shower montage. Go you know, you, you worked out, you you're on the Peloton, you're all sweaty. You know, gotta gotta lather up the suds. You gotta shower off the sweat. And mm-hmm. I think this is literally every single bachelor that I've watched. There's only been five. There's been Matt, and then we had Peter. There was like some sort of I don't know if he got a shower montage, but I think he was like washing a plane, and that's when they did it. So I count that. Yeah, in, something. In the, something. There was water and soap involved. Yeah, something like that. And then Colton, yes. Nick, yes. I guess they didn't do it with Ari. Right? Yeah, I was about to say, Ari, you watched Ari's. I mean, I didn't watch Ari's. Okay. But yeah, no, I mean, I think they've got some ageism going on where, oh, actually, I think Ari and Nick are like the same age. But, uh, really? Nick, no. Nick's pretty up there. Yeah. Hold on. We're going to live. <laughs> you fact were about check to this. say old. <laughs> I, you were about to say pretty I, old. He's wise. <laughs> Hold on. Nick Vile age is 40. Ari age. Nick he's Vile's young. Oh, he's 40? older. Nick Vile is 40. Ari is 39. Wow. The more you know. So never mind. Not ageism. I could have sworn Nick Vial was like 35. Holy yeah. shit. He looks damn good. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, but then, uh, anyway, after that wonderful little shower montage, we get another shot of Nemacolin, Nemacolin, Nemacolone. I'm not really actually sure how to say Nemacolin. I know. I, I literally, guys, I literally... Ask Brett a million times to tell me how to say it. And I just, I, there's a reason why I haven't said the name of the resort ever on the podcast. I'm just so not confident with it. Also, I swear, Sarah, when Sarah says it, I think she sounds British. We're at Nemacolin and it's gorgeous. It's one of the most. I think it's slightly British, but maybe I'm just tired. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. But she does say. It's a beautiful place to fall in love, which, again, is a staple of this franchise. We get, what is it, Virginia? Mm-hmm. Is that? 
the state that oh hates me. Oh my gosh, me. you will never, you will never let go, Virginia's for lovers. Yeah, that's it. That okay, there, it's all coming back mainly because the tourism board of Virginia is real mad at me because I tweeted like, "Is it? I, is it for lovers?" They try to cancel Brett. I know, I know. So I feel like I, I have to make a truce with Virginia. But when she said, "Oh yeah, Nemecolin, it's a beautiful place to fall in love." I think this is the first time in recent memory where I agree when they say that. It's not like, uh, is it? <laughs> are, are you just mad you're in Ohio? What's what's going on over here? Lol. Uh, and then after that whole Nemecolin debate, I still need to fully definitively understand how it's said. I need a rep to confirm. But we get Chris coming in and lets the ladies know that there's going to be not just one, but two. Two one-on-one dates and a group date as well. And I will say like he says this in a very dramatic tone. But isn't it? Isn't, aren't there always I two one-on-one dates? I think so. There's usually two one-on-one dates and two group dates. Like there's usually two group dates and two one-on-one dates, especially and, this early on. And then he followed up with saying like, oh, that means that there's going to be people because the he specifically calls out because of the record-breaking amount of people who are on this on this show, you know, not everybody can get a date. And just the way he says it makes me think it's true where this is like, yeah, look, like, like it's new information. Yeah. 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 It's like, there's always girls who don't get a date. Even when there was two group dates, there's always like a couple girls who yeah. don't go on any date. It's kind of like when someone says something confidently enough and they're wrong, but like they say it in such a way that you believe them just because they really believe in what they're saying. And this is maybe yeah. like really neutral gaslighting where it's not even negative. It's just like, you know, it's just like, oh, wait a minute. Does that mean it wasn't the way that I remember it? Yeah. yeah. It's just like the very subtle. Like, am I misremembering every season I've ever watched of The Bachelor and Bachelorette? Yeah. He's making me question reality a little bit. Mm hmm. So with that, we find out pretty immediately who's going to go on the first one on one. And so Chelsea reads the date card and it's for Brie. Our girl Brie. The date card says love is an adventure. And yes, that's all the date card says. Just some bullshit date cards. Just no one's you trying. Some weak weak ass day cards like what <laughs> they did they like fire the person because of budget cuts who usually writes these and then someone else is just trying to panic while doing all their other duties and like oh let me get this out really really quick <laughs> yeah my theory was that like the person because we know we i mean the leads have admitted it in the past we know that the leads do not write these cards they don't even draft them and have they someone nice handwriting write it they don't they, <laughs> they don't what so the leads have nothing to do with these date cards. Um, and so my theory is that this is some intern or like PA's job. And then that intern or PA who was doing it pretty well for the last few seasons finally got promoted or something. And this silly little task is no longer their job. And the new person brought in, this is just not their wheelhouse. They are struggling. They haven't rhymed something since the third grade. They're not good with puns. I, they're struggling. And it shows. They clearly told this person two minutes before they actually had to write it and hand it to Chelsea, who read it, uh, that they were doing this. They were just panicking. It's like, think of something. They're doing something with dirt. Give us what you got. And then this yeah. is what we got. It's like, come on, give us a 
get ready for a wild ride, maybe. That would be amazing. Right. Look at this. Right like, in the moment. Way better. Like, I don't know. There's just so many things you could do. It just loves an adventure. All of the dates this week were a freaking adventure, okay? Yeah. I'm really into the wild yeah. ride one. I think that one's top tier. And, you know, it's simple enough. Ooh, hire it simple. me, Bachelor yeah, franchise. Yeah, exactly. Listen, this is your audition tape. Just specifically to be a date card writer. To write the date cards. That's the ambitions. <laughs> So Brand Mac on the state and they go ATVing. And after a little bit of them running around and racing around, Brie gets off hers and joins Matt on his. No. And he's like, do you trust me? And then they start doing donuts and getting real muddy. And I am immediately like, is Nema Cullen okay with this? Like they're just <laughs> fucking up. They're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful grounds they're just making donuts and like did they make an agreement with abc like is abc replacing the grass is this a ask for forgiveness versus ask for permission scenario like for some reason this is plaguing me for the 20 seconds that they're doing it until they fucking wipe out and then i just go to panic mode from there (laughs) yeah i mean this atv could crush them (laughs) this atv when I say I went into panic mode, I had a flashback to like 14-year-old Camila near-death experience when I myself was in an ATV accident and the ATV literally flipped like we see in the show, except the difference is that I was in a little bit of an incline, not like a huge, not like a scary incline, just like a slight incline. And so it flipped over me and that could have landed on top of me. Like the engine is super hot, like the wheel, like if the wheel could have like scraped against me, it would have like ripped off my fucking flat, like... All these things could have happened to them. Like they could have been crushed under this thing. They could have had their skin burnt off by like these moving wheels or the engine or anything. And it just, I fucking, I low-key freaked out. And then when they're like, haha, laughing and we see them on the ground, like intertwined. Yo, I was like, there's no way that they didn't cut the tape, check on them. And then we're like, oh, they're good. They're good. Okay. Get nice and cozy and go. Like, there's no way that there wasn't a medic in there to check them out, even for, like, a minute. Yeah, like, I'm glad that they were laughing it off. It's like, oh, it got us closer. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, flirtation. Mm -hmm. But it's great that they can react that way. Meanwhile, there's a producer behind the scenes who's like, fuck, fuck, are they okay? Like, oh, no. Like, uh, And then even if they find out they're okay, there's someone out there who it was their idea to do that date. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe they almost died on my date. Like I'm going to be in so much trouble. You know, it's like I finally get one of my date pitches on the show and this is how it goes. So uh, yeah, just shout out to that person who had a mini heart attack watching. Yeah, I hope you kept your job. This is what also reminds me of is, you know, Matt flips an ATV on his first one-on-one date of the of the season. And, uh, you know, they got out unscathed. Really thankful for that. But compare that to our last bachelor, Peter, who injured himself on a golf cart when he was just trying to hop on the back with a little champagne flute and has like a Harry Potter-esque scar and they had to stop production for a little bit. And yeah, this just could have gone a lot different. So I'm glad Matt is okay after that little tipsy-turvy thing. Yeah. And they were wearing helmets, so that's good. Heck yeah. Um. So while all of this is happening with Bree and Matt, we get snippets back at the house where we see the women kind of talking about, you know, oh, she's so lucky or, you know, I'm so happy for her or whatever. And in comes, you know, 
Hurricane Victoria? Oh, no, I guess. Oh, oh, no. So it begins. Her reign of terror. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Queen jokes. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, she is already being really aggressive and like kind of spiraling already and just... It feels like she's trying to pick fights. Like the women seem genuinely confused by her energy. It feels like she's just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like It truly feels like she's looking to bait someone into saying something that will make her be able to have an argument with them. It's very bizarre because I feel like villains, show villains, it's usually like editing doesn't do them any favors. Um, But also they're probably kind of subtle and kind of manipulation and it just doesn't feel subtle at all like yeah. at all it also feels like there's no development it was just obviously we all knew she was going to be the villain going into this but there was yeah. no plot development it was just like i'm the villain and i'm mad at everyone we're just skipping to the end <laughs> essentially with victoria and i'm not convinced yeah. that she's not a cartoon character i swear to God, like this does not <laughs> seem like a real person granted she's very much I hope, I really honestly hope that she's trying to be a character and this is not actually what she's like. I'm going to give her, well, I would say I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, but I don't want to say that because I feel like I, I will immediately regret that choice of words. Uh, I just hope that this is hyperbole. Well, to kind of push back against that theory, Brett, like at what point she's complaining to someone with beautiful brown hair. You guys are either lying or fake or like losers and get off the show. This is not a sorority. And I kind of assumed that this person was uh, another contestant. And I was like, wow, she's really being very general. And while also venting to someone who is she's like generalizing, like this is very weird. And I'm trying to see who she's talking to. And I'm like, why can't I see who she's talking to? And I realized it's because it was a fucking producer. Like I got half a second of side profile and it's just someone, a nice looking brunette lady wearing a mask. So I'm like, oh, okay. She thinks she's, offline you know she thinks she's like venting to her producer and i think we're seeing more and more like behind the scenes like you know producery footage which is very enticing and it makes it feel a little bit more real so i get why they do that but it kind of made me think like oh is this 100 percent an actor is a lot of this you know part of her personality like i can totally see a world where she is like okay i want to be the villain but does part of it come from a very real place? Oh man, uh, I think you might be right, and I'm just after this week we have. I just I can't I can't. You, know? you wanted hope. I wanted hope, and I am here to dash it for yeah, you. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> so back to Bree and Matt's date. You know, after they're ATVing and covered in mud and whatever, they go to a very conveniently nearby located a uh, wood fire hot tub, which I guess is a thing. I mean, all right. Yeah. And so, of course, the hot tub needs wood to run. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? We're going to have Matt take his shirt off to chop some wood. So it totally makes sense. You know, why would he want to get any wood dust particles on his completely mud soaked outfit? You know, you got to preserve the outfit. You can't get it even a little bit dirtier with the wood flex. You got to take it off. You got to flex the abs as you chop the wood. In order to do the peacock mating dance for oh yeah, well listen, listen, haters might say he was just trying to show off the abs, right? It's like it's clearly, but listen, you know, he's chopping wood. He needs that range of motion. You know, it could have been restricting. The hot tub is the the utmost importance here. This is priority number one. And uh, you know, for people who think it's just like just just him trying to to show off, nope, nope. It's just just about the hot tub. It's all he cares about. And then after this little hot tub 
wood chopping moment. Uh, I really need to address just the very intense sexual chemistry and tension in in this hot tub. You know, there's just so much. I was uh, I was sweating a little bit. I needed a little glass of water. Uh, you know what? It, I really felt like I was watching uh, Bridgerton again. Have you watched any of that? Uh, yes. uh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> oh, actually, a little, a little bit. Shout out to my mom who has watched the whole thing twice. So uh, big, big fan oh. of this over here. Oh yeah, in this family. <laughs> um, but uh, no, yeah, I was, I was getting some will they, won't they, um, burning type of like, oh my, oh my God, all right. Then we have Brie telling us that she indeed would like a kiss. And then perfectly timed transition back to them in the hot tub and they kiss. Heck yeah. Listen, Brie is a big fave on the Baby Got Batch pod and, uh, you know, Brie gets what she wants. Which props to me because I may have called it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was you first. I will give proper kudos <laughs> in that direction. I mean, listen, she wasn't like my first string. I think that's what it was. I always liked Brie. And I mm-hmm. want to say I'm very proud of myself for using a sports analogy, but <laughs> she's not, she wasn't first string, but she was easily second string, but now she's clearly first string. So, uh, yeah, yeah. but, but kudos. Brie, I knew, I knew you were first string material from jump. <laughs> so. Very fair. Very fair. Oh, you know what it reminds me of? It's like, uh, I found out, I guess she was an internet Facebook and she organized or helped organize a conference I went to. So I felt like my my work life and bachelor life were colliding and I can appreciate her all that much more now. Shout out to Brie. Really great to watch on TV and also competent at her job. Hell we yeah. We see it. Woo. A well-rounded individual. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and so then we, you know, of course we're flipping back and forth between the state and Nima Collin and the women are really freaking annoyed with Victoria, like really annoyed. And Serena P gives us what I think is the first she's not here to make friends I think um, so. of the season. And it's of course in reference to Victoria. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we need a bell for when we get a nice little catchphrase that's, that's said. Cause I think that was the first one. We're not really getting not here for the right reasons. I feel like that's, I don't think that's been said. I think it's slowly phasing out for sure. Yeah. Maybe it's because the lines are blending between what even the right reasons are because everybody's not really here for the right reasons in a way. Yeah. Well, I think it's, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people have, have spoken about this before where now it's kind of assumed that you will get, even if, like I said, even if you go home night one, you get like five or 10K followers. So I feel like it's definitely assumed that you're going to get some sort of clout. And I think we should see it as like, well, that's a perk of going on the show, but not the main, you know, reason why people go on. And I think at least try to cast for that, you know, like I think it would be very, very dumb to sit there and be like, oh, I don't want social media fame. Like I'm not here for social media fame. It's like, well, it's okay to acknowledge that that's you're probably going to get that from coming on the show. Like it's a reality TV show that is one of the most watched ones in the country (laughs) and maybe in the world. I'm not sure, but in the freaking country. So yeah, I feel like it's almost more disingenuous to be like, well, I'm not here for social media. I'm here for Matt. It's like the two can go together. Like it's obviously an opportunity. So right. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And we also need a bell. So then it's time for the night portion of the date. Oh, boy. So 
they have a little little dinner here and we start to learn a little bit more about Bree and her upbringing. And yeah, we learn that her mom was pregnant with her when she was 13 and essentially raised her by herself. And she even ended up saying that her mom really never dated after she was born because it was really only focusing on, on Bree. Uh, also talked about how her dad was absent from her life and that obviously resonates with with matt there and yeah i thought this was like a really powerful moment and you know not that i needed more reasons to like brie but here we go we just have this this uh really intense backstory too yeah again to pat myself on the back again i remember <laughs> fair, <laughs> that fair. um i mentioned this last episode when we got like i don't remember if it was intro package or if she just kind of like quickly glossed over her past with matt i can't particularly remember where we heard this bit of info but i remember her saying that you know grew up single mom father not very present very close relationship with her mom and i remember thinking this is like word for word copy paste what matt told us up top of the episode and i remember thinking like wow that's got to be really powerful it's got to really like they're gonna have a bond based on this you know specific way of growing up that very few people are going to be able to relate to you know it's one thing for someone to open up about something and and i think we're going to get into this a little bit with sarah but it's one thing for someone to open up about something that the lead has no idea how to relate but the lead is very impressed with their resilience or their growth or whatever and it's another thing for the lead to feel like holy shit this mirror is my experience and this is something that has made me feel isolated from people because most people around me cannot relate but this one person just so happens to be able to relate and we spent all day laughing and having fun and we also have this connection so i think that's really special yeah no absolutely well and i think as far as them just getting each other and being on the same page, understanding each other's experiences, you can really see that when they're talking even more. Matt's talking about his friendships and how he's leaning towards friends with, and then Bree just finishes his sentence and says, oh yeah, friends with big families, right? And I was really impressed with her ability to fill in that sentence because you know it's one thing if you're finishing a sentence that's it's like one word but that was a get that's a it's a a lot of what you're saying and your feelings are uh resonated with me because when i was growing up when i needed them the most my dad just wasn't around you know mm-hmm. and i was like constantly questioning myself it's like why is my dad around it's like mm-hmm. like what's wrong with me what's wrong with my brother like my friends growing up, I gravitated towards friends with big families. Friends with families. Like as a mom. It was just dad, specific and it felt like Matt was grasping for a concept he hadn't had to think about or explain in a very long time. And yeah. I think he was trying to find words to express the way that this was making him feel. And then for Bree to help him find the words, I think you could see it on his face that he was like, yes, that's exactly what it was. It's like a realization moment. And then the way he reacted to that, I was like, wow, they that was a magic moment. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of when I'm watching uh, Wheel of Fortune and <laughs> there's only like, <laughs> there's only like four letters. In like a twenty in a twenty word puzzle, and the person somehow gets it, and I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, sure, all right, I guess, I guess, like my brain's just dumb, and I never would have been able to finish that one. But that's essentially Bree should go on Wheel of Fortune. I feel like she would crush okay. it. Okay, 
I'm just gonna base it <laughs> specifically on this interaction, but I think I think it tracks. Yeah. So they talk more about their family and what family means to them, and it just seems like more and more they understand each other. And I don't know. Is is nice. It's cute. Yeah. Is good date. Yeah. And then Brie, of course, obviously, duh, gets a rose. Woo! And cue the beautiful fireworks to make out under. Also, they it feels like they either had more fireworks or they were closer because they they scared me. You know, they scared me just yeah, like the other loud. women. Yeah, and and maybe that was just a, a a little little production move to intentionally be like, oh, they were like right right there, and the women are like, oh man, no, they're they're on the date, they're making out. Uh, but I don't know. I was a little nervous. A little, you can't do that to me after this week. I I scare easy, and uh, <laughs> too close, too much. Just a little bit of that American trauma for you. Love it. And meanwhile, Victoria continues to spiral. Of course. You know, she's saying things like she doesn't want a group date based on how she feels in the group right now. You know, she's really, she feels like she can't be her authentic self. She's really like victimizing herself. Well, now you guys know how I felt this morning because you guys were just so rude to me. And like, this was the issue I had all day. I'm here to spend time with Matt. That's important to me. So... If it's not important to you, that's what's perplexing to me. I don't think that anyone said it. We're negative energies. I'm not negative. You guys were just saying the same thing as me. So no, but we're all just having our own experience. Like I don't think no one's trying to bring you down. I'm just saying. You just said I'm negative. One of you. I just finally was like, you guys are finally saying what I was saying. You're getting upset. You're getting upset. Yeah, because you guys are crazy. And it's kind of like what I was saying before. It felt like you know she kind of found ways to make the shit stick to the wall. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, and like is working with whatever she got there and is really trying to like force some sort of confrontation that is just not existing yeah i've had enough victoria already and in this recap yeah. there's there's still plenty more victoria to come unfortunately so i don't think i can yeah do i'm podcast. honestly not looking forward to it like i'm genuinely not <laughs> yeah it feels like we're enabling <laughs> this behavior right now yeah exactly um so then it is now time for the group date uh it's now time for the group date and because there's only one group date this week, it's also the largest freaking group date in like Bachelor Nation history. There's literally like 17 or 18 women on it. Like, that's kind of insane. I think this set a record because this felt felt too much. It's too much. It, it had to have. There's literally like a montage of like women being like, when will the names end? When will the names end? Like it was a lot. <laughs> and of course, we're treated to another very mediocre date card. Oh, no. I'm looking for the one. Oh, of course you are, Matt. That's the whole point of that's the whole point of all these dates. This one was even worse than the first one because the first one at least 
I mean, not even to defend the first one. The first one was awful in its own right. But the first one at least says the word adventure. And like, I guess they're doing an adventurous thing on their date. So sure. At least it points to an activity. Yeah. Yeah. Like one could make the connection. What is this? This is horseshit. That's what it is. There's this is a one out of 10. Absolute malarkey. This is the worst. I'm going to just say, you know, we're setting records here with the number of women on this group date. Also setting a record with the worst date card I can think of in like recent memory. You heard it here first, folks. There it is. There it is. So we start the date. Matt acknowledges that it's his first group date, too. If you guys haven't remembered yet, this is Matt's first time doing all of this. We get it. I do think he's doing like, a, like, like if he didn't keep saying it at every given opportunity to be like, just remember, I haven't done this before. Uh, if he wasn't doing yeah. that, I wouldn't think that he hadn't done it before. So kudos to Matt. So we see... Matt in a tux getting his photo taken from Bachelor Staple, Franco. Um, and it's a wedding photo. And it turns out that they're going to have a wedding photo shoot. And it's like, mm, are we re- already recycling a day idea from last season? This is, listen, my sense of time is already warped enough in 2020 slash 2021. I don't need you to just like do a date that I feel like we just had like it was like four weeks ago we'll just say four weeks ago even though that's not right but uh it feels like four weeks ago because just just because this was a one-on-one last time and now we're doing it as a group date doesn't make it different enough no (laughs) they won't accept it yeah (laughs) um so you know the girls get changed into wedding dresses and they have like wedding photos and a couple girls get get their shot and you know a couple of them kiss Matt and then you know Victoria decides enough is enough it's her turn and she just kind of like barges to the front of the line I guess she tries to interrupt a photo shoot Franco doesn't let her but then Franco tries to get the next girl in line and Victoria's not having it so she goes in and then shortly afterwards Chris Harrison shows up he decides that it's time to change the date nope this, this is not working for Chris Harrison he wants them to do a new different date I very much welcomed it to be fair because I was like, not again. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, and we need a different date. Cool. Chris Harrison walked up to the camera, was watching what was happening. He was like, "You guys realize that we just did this, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck shit up." And he, he knew Brett what you were gonna think. He was like, "Brett Vergara <laughs> is gonna call oh, yeah. us out." That's that's exactly. So what it I is. need to switch this right now. <laughs> but a bunch of girls didn't get to do the photo shoot. Instead, they get switched up to like a very bizarre version of like capture the flag the flags are hearts and like instead of flags it's like paint like hitting each other with paint so i'm like okay it's kind of like a paintball capture the flag type thing like you get hit with the paint you're out no there's truly no rules there's a ref he's not paying attention (laughs) they're truly just like hitting each other with paint and nothing matters so it's like wait if you're if everyone's hitting each other with paint why don't they just go grab the hearts like i'm genuinely genuinely confused as to what is going on what this chaotic freaking date has devolved to i suppose chris harrison did lead this by saying the first rule is there are no rules and like that's like a cool thing to say but you shouldn't actually mean that like we need structure in society also if that was true then the other team could just yell and say all right the first person to steal the heart loses. Yeah, like, what? yeah, like, yeah, right. What? Exactly. There has to be a rule. There's a rule. There has to be a winner. There has to be a rule. You know what this felt like to me is this brought me back to college where I would be in some really like real weird smelling 
house party and I would walk in and there'd be people I don't know. And all of a sudden I'm getting pulled into like some like drinking card game. And they're like, Oh yeah, this is like, like pirate's dog. And the rules are, and then they would say something (laughs) totally real game, mind you. And they would explain the rules. I'm like this, I don't think this is a real game, but okay. I feel like I'm being (laughs) punked. That's what I felt like. We're just like, this isn't real. There's no rules. Yeah. I'm just being, yeah, punked. Yeah. And then while, while they're playing, this game is a rare moment where Victoria is actually complimenting some of the other girls. I think my team is a bunch of queens and the other team is a bunch of gestures. Also, she said gestures, which made me... Okay, to be fair, it was like she insulted half the girls, but, in, you know, she complimented her team, insulted the rest of the girls... <laughs> But because I was so shocked by that, uh, it took me like five full seconds to realize that she meant jesters. Yeah, it was very, you know, she almost got away with it. You know, very Scooby-Doo where it's like, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but um, it's not even the first weird slip up. I can't remember what the slip up was last week. But listen, we all remember Finasco. This is a Finasco will never be forgotten. I know. Never. Just just Bachelor Cannon at this point. Uh, Almost got away with it. Mm -hmm. But we see you, Victoria. Yeah. And so the game MVB, Most Valuable Bride. See what they did there? Instead of MVP. I totally knew what that meant. I totally knew what it was. Is Mari. (laughs) And the red team wins. Victoria's team wins. And there were people on that day on that red team that I was glad they won. But, you know, when there's one person you really don't want to see succeed and they succeed, it made me a little annoyed. I think it's always the case with whether it's like weird water ball or polo thing that they played last season or the dodgeball dates or this. It's always the team that I don't want to lose that loses. It feels like a personal attack and I don't like (laughs) they made my favorite Katie cry, which we can't have. She's the comic relief. We can't if the comic relief breaks, we just we're we're doomed. Right. Katie's a multi-dimensional woman. She contains multitudes and she Fair. can cry and make us laugh at different times. Obviously not at the same time because that'd be cruel, but she can do it all. No, she can fair. do it all. She can cry if she wants to. That's that's uh valid. <laughs> all right. And so with that, as we said, the red team wins and they get one-on-one time with Matt and the rest of the team has to walk of shame back in their sad, destroyed wedding dresses. One thing I need to call out with the losing team going back in their paint-stained dresses, are they like sitting on, they're going back to Nemecolin. Nemecolin's just getting fucked up this this week <laughs> just the just the, the grounds the grounds the, the rip donuts. them up rip them up the couches <laughs> get paint on them just they're leaving this place in shambles i was actually worried about the fireworks causing a fire in the very wooded area surrounding them so just really worried about the foundation of this resort but uh besides the point uh, they go into the rest of the group date and matt pulls a few of them aside uh he has this conversation with Lauren. And I'm kind of curious to see what uh, you're looking for in a relationship. I want somebody who is a man of faith because my dad's always told me like the key to his marriage with my mom and how long it is and how perfect and beautiful it is, is to keep God first. I like that. Dang, I don't, <laughs> you couldn't have put it any more perfect than that. Growing up in the church, as I did, 
uh, I've never led in a relationship with the fact that I am a Christian because I feel like it's uh, there's a preconceived notion with it and it turns a lot of people off. Yes. And it's not something I've done. And you saying that is is affirming. That's what I would like to help. Which is yeah, which is real fair. Uh, one note that I had about this exchange, because obviously we're coming off of last week with the prayer circle, and that was divisive to say the least, um, is that this is how I, I want to see religion on the show. I want to see people talk about their faith, even if I don't have that same faith. And I want other people to feel comfortable in, in sharing their their experiences with faith as well. Uh, but I want them to be conversations, right? I think this was a, a much like kind of better way to get at the same thing where you're you're saying what's important to you and what you're looking for in a partner without um, sort of othering the other people involved in this whole experiment or what have you, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know I made a joke last week about, you know, separation of church and batch, or as uh, something that Brett said, unfortunately, off mic, separation of church and date. Listen, we we love to bring we love to bring jokes <laughs> that were said. In, I, in honestly, I, it was so good that it was worth bringing it to the recording. I just Listen. I wish that I had come up with it last week. But anyway, I know I made a joke about you know separation of church and batch, um, but I also, in the same breath, said that I do genuinely enjoy you know conversations with people about their relationships with faith all kinds of relationships with faith and all different types of faith so yeah this is exactly what i was talking about you know like it's like a safe nurturing environment of course it's a little bit easier when both people are on the same page or have the same relationship but it was really nice to see that playing out yeah 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 no for sure same and then he has conversations with a few other people and then oh and then oh no are are you braced we're back to victoria (laughs) and uh I'll admit again because I am a naive puppy. Apparently, that I was like, "Oh, we're about to get like a real moment with Victoria." She's gonna be like, "Listen, this is all. This is a bit of a front. Uh, this is like this mantra that I have. Like, you're a queen." And she was gonna unpack it, and it was gonna be a great conversation. She's gonna really, truly be vulnerable. Uh, but I should know better, and that is not exactly what we get. So, how are you? I'm great. I um, I was really impressed with you today. Yeah, Isn't I that? wanted that hard. Yeah, I saw that, and um, yeah. But I have a lot of sides to me, too. And, like, as much as I come across confident, like, I wanted you to know that, like, I'm still a human. And, like, I'm not always completely that way. Like, I have my insecurities, too, you know? Yeah. Because you're such, like, a prize and there's so much on the line. Like, picking out a dress today, I was like, oh, like, I hope I don't look bad. Or, like, like I have these thoughts where I'm, like, insecure. Well, you looked great today. Oh, thank you. And you you. looked great night one. And it falls flat. It does. For sure. I, I hate to say this for like a third time, but it it felt like she was throwing shit at the wall and seeing what would stick. It just felt like very vague, very like, yeah, I, I get insecure sometimes too. And just like nothing beyond that. Like it felt like she was doing a very bad job of convincing us that she has self-esteem issues. Like I didn't get that at all from what she was saying. Like she still seemed confident. It literally seemed like she was just like, okay, I think this is the thing that I can sell. And then she couldn't even sell it, which like, I'm not here to judge her and be like, oh, she's definitely lying. She's definitely lying. Like, obviously we don't know her. Obviously this is a TV show, 
But it's just like the difference between her and other villains we've seen or even the difference between her and other contestants. Just the way that she is communicating to Matt and the ways we've seen her talk other times, it just feels very forced. It just feels... She's like a manufactured villain. I don't like believe the arc is skipping too many parts. Yeah. It's so strange. It's so bizarre. That's literally the perfect way to describe it. It just feels like it's being shoved down our throats so much so that I can't even like believe it. Yeah. Really? Again, again, cartoon character. Not convinced as a real person. (laughs) Also, again, Matt, Oh, feeling for him of him entertaining this. He's doing a great job with his poker face and saying, oh, yeah, uh, that's what I love about you is that you're confident. It's like, uh, Matt, we know. I don't know if it's a poker face. I mean, I I mean, I don't think that he's smitten with her the same way that he was in his conversation with Lauren or even in his date with Bree. Like, I don't think it's that level, but I don't know if. He's like, oh God, okay, let me fake it till I make it with Victoria. I think yeah. he's genuine, and I and I in the moment I did kind of agree with you, but I I think I'm saying that based on how he acted with Victoria at the rose ceremony mm. or at the cocktail party before okay. the rose ceremony. So maybe we can put, maybe we can go back to that then. But yeah, he also hasn't seen all of the things that we've seen, so who knows what exactly in exactly. this moment his actual impression exactly is of her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then after some of these conversations, uh, we get, uh, or Matt pulls Lauren aside and gives her the little group date rose. Which feels very obvious and great. And we love that for her. But, you know, we see Victoria's reaction and she's very flatly to the whole group. He's just complaining. Were you expecting that? I shared a lot and I like went out of my way during the day. So yeah, I was like partially thinking maybe I'd get the rose. Maybe sharing my things wasn't enough to have me stand out. But there's always the rose ceremony. It was just like, what? She didn't trauma bond enough. Yeah. (laughs) It just kind of reiterated like, oh, you were just saying things to get this rose. Like it... It was just like, how do you play? Normally, villains are good at playing the game. Yeah. And she's just bad at it. Yeah. It kind of, you know what it feels like is, again, obviously, some things are producer driven, and uh, someone says, like, oh, you should maybe do this, and blah, blah, blah. But it literally feels like Victoria's reading off of cue cards and sometimes gets it wrong <laughs> because, like, her sight isn't yes. that great. Whereas, like, oh, I think that's the general line that I'm supposed to say, but she gets it like slightly askew. Yeah. Oh, you're just keep hitting the nail on the head <laughs> here, Brett. You. Like, you. That's exactly. You're taking the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, I'm or you're, you're helping me find the words. You're helping me find the words the way Bree helped Matt finish his sentence. Listen, it's just you get me. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, and so after that, we have our second one-on-one date. Bree reads the date card, and it's for Sarah. Yay, Sarah. Boop, boop. And. We have the least shitty date card of the episode, and it is the sky is the limit for us. Which, like, fine, I get. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah. If, if this Passing, were passable. Yeah, yeah. If this were amongst other better date cards, I wouldn't have even had any sort of date card comment. I couldn't deal with this one. Yeah. It's not good. But yeah. It works. It's fine. They're obviously going in a plane, or they're doing something that involves flying, and yeah. that's all we want out of a date card. A good clue. Yeah. Um, so they have a really lovely date. Um, there's some, 
you know, during the day part of the day, they're like a small talk, casually talking, but there's some kind of like hesitancy in the air. You know, Sarah talks to us about it in her confessional. Matt picks up on it just based on what's going on. And we kind of hear our first, you know, I need her to open up and be vulnerable line, which I think it's it's always fun to like pick up those lines, those stereotypical lines from the contestants. But from someone like Matt, who has never seen the show and never been a part of it, it's kind of hits differently. It's kind of funny. It's like, oh, like he doesn't know, but he just played into it a yeah, little bit. Yeah. It's cute. And so, so yeah, so we quickly go to the night portion of the date. And Sarah is really struggling to open up to Matt, but she eventually does. And she tells him about her dad's ALS diagnosis. When I was in college, you know, our family started noticing some changes with my dad's health and his behavior. And we weren't really sure, you know, what was going on. And he was um, diagnosed with ALS. It's the same uh, disease Stephen Hawking had where mentally you're completely the same person, but you slowly lose the ability to speak and to walk and to talk and to do any sort of normal function. There is no cure to it, and the life expectancy is two to five years. And it's been, you know, he's surpassed doctor's expectations. It's been five years. Watching him trying to grapple with this disease as it progressed and not being able to express himself or to speak and losing the ability to talk and his voice changing over time, it was just like unimaginable. I can't imagine. I uh, came home uh, to San Diego and uh, quit my job reporting and anchoring in uh, TV news to be a caregiver for my dad and it's brought our family so close, you know? I think it's really sweet. I think it's very moving. And I think it did seem like it was genuinely hard for her to just kind of get the ball rolling and start talking about this with, let's face it, someone who's like a near stranger. Yeah. You know, I think I had to give kudos for that. Like, obviously, this show has some trauma bonding elements that it's a fine line to toe in terms of, you know, are we celebrating trauma bonding? But at the same time, if this is someone that you're going to spend your life with, you have to talk about these things and you're on an expedited timeline. Mm -hmm. So it's it's definitely kind of hard to toe the line with this subject. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there definitely is this theme in the franchise of there being like a trauma bonding Olympics where you need to, it's like, oh, this is when I'm going to use like this uh, this thing in my upbringing and I'm going to use it right when I get a one-on-one and then... Yeah. It, it does almost feel well we saw that with victoria that's exactly what we're talking about at victoria yeah. where she was trying to find like something to make matt give her the rose like we saw it transparently yeah. there yeah yeah so sometimes it does feel uh you know a little transactional where it's like thank you for sharing your trauma here is a rose it's just like a reward yep. it's it's a you know it's like here's here's your uh you cashed in your trauma token and you get to go to next <laughs> week Oh, I'm sad that I laughed at that, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, a little true. true. We're just jaded now. We've been watching this show for too long. Honestly, you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I think another part of it is, is like there are certain things that whether it's a similar date or a similar line or the trauma bonding stuff that I probably wouldn't notice as much or I would 
I don't know, not really think about it as much as I do if we weren't coming right off of Bachelorette, right? Because there's usually at least a little bit of a break in between yeah. seasons. But just because that's we a, just saw these moments with Tasha and Zach or Tasha and, and Ben or what have you. Uh, yeah, it, it's like, wait a minute. We've been here before. We just did this. Yeah, no, for sure. It can be a little bit of whiplash, a little bit of, is whiplash the right word? Or like fatigue? I don't know. If I'm getting a little dizzy, it's all, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Well, you know what too? is like, I think with this, it would have felt like a different kind of moment if we didn't already know this about Sarah, right? Because obviously Matt was that's hearing this true. for the first time. We learned but, that in the intro package. Right. So- I think that's probably why this felt like, a, oh, yeah, like she's being vulnerable. And it felt different than the date with Brie, where Brie, we did know a little bit. She didn't go into the full detail. So there was a little bit more that the viewer was getting to right. know. So I think that's why it maybe felt a little bit more vulnerable with this. It was pretty much everything. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah. And that and like the pure, raw sexual energy that Brie and Matt's date had. Well, I think... <laughs> Well, I think it's a power combo because one, we we knew these things, like we knew that there was parallels and then on top of the parallels, we get way more info and it's not that he's so impressed with her for sharing or what she's been through. It's that he's like, holy shit, I can relate. So there's that's a different type of connection than than like the traditional trauma bonding that we see on the show and that we saw with, with Sarah. And so there's that. And there's also, you bring up an excellent point I hadn't even thought about, but like there was nothing new, not that there needs to be something new to the story, yeah. but just the way that we were introduced to Sarah, where it's like, okay, she's definitely going to talk about this because we already know about it, but Matt doesn't. And yeah. it's also Sarah doesn't know that in that moment, Sarah's not thinking about what the audience knows, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's it's almost unfair in that sense to yeah. her. Yeah. And with that, she, as you said, gets the rose and we go next to the cocktail party. And... The cocktail party starts off with some quick moments from from a few of our favorites. A few of our I don't really know where they're at, but you know they're 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 here. Uh, we have uh, Abigail, Rachel, Kit, Maggie, uh, Marilyn get some moments. Abigail and Matt talk about how they're going to have this secret signal with each other, where oh I'm going to like grab my ear when I'm looking at you, and that means that I'm thinking about you, even if we're in the room full of everybody else, and. You know what this reminded me of was uh, the what? the moment that Caitlin and Nick talk about before Nick had gone on her season. So when she was doing promo for it and uh, she went on Jimmy Kimmel, they talk about this on uh, in uh, Bachelor Greatest of All Time. But mm -hmm. at this time before the season, Nick and Caitlin were kind of talking over text and all that. Had a flirtation. And a little flirty yeah. vibe going. And she told Nick before the interview, all right, I'm going to go on Jimmy Kimmel and I'm going to touch my lips. And that means that I'm thinking about you. And then you can go back and see that she did. And then we all know where that journey went, where Nick eventually comes in on the season, comes in second. And ah, just just the saga after that. But yeah, immediately thought of that. Wait, so you know what? So you know what that Abigail Matt moment reminds me of? What? It reminds me of something from Ben's season before okay. your time. Is Ben uh, Higgins or Flannick? No, Ben Higgins. Not that far back. <laughs> I mean, that's before my time. But yeah, the perfect Ben, as they promote him, there was a contestant who self-eliminated kind of early on, but her name was Lace. I think she she actually ended up on the Paradise season that was your first mm. you know, introduction yep. to Bachelor. But she 
kind of had some mental health issues that really were stirred up just almost immediately upon arriving. And, you know, she kind of caught it and sent herself home. But she was getting very, I don't even know if paranoid is the right word, but she was just being very inventive, I guess. She she would, in her confessionals, she would say things like, Ben is sending me secret signals. You know, like when Ben squeezes my back, like I know that means that he cares about me. Like I know that means that he wants me here. I know that means that I'm different from the other girls. Like things like that. The way he squeezes my arm, the way he touches my back, the way he looks at me in certain moments. And it was just kind of like, a little off the rails and that's just that's honestly immediately where my mind went um and i'm glad lace is doing really well now she's killing it happy for her but it was just a complete 180 with the same theme and so i couldn't help but think about it and just kind of chuckle to myself at how oh how lace wishes that that's what (laughs) had happened for her the tldr's signals can go a whole bunch of different ways they feel like real chaotic and uh yeah, I don't know. So let's hope We're that this chaotic. this goes in a good direction because I'm rooting for Abigail. So uh, yeah, rooting for him. And then um, so we have that cute moment with with Abigail. Uh, we also have this little moment with Matt and Marilyn before shit hits the fan, where Marilyn's oh like my favorite flower is an orchid, and what do you know, Matt handpicked an orchid himself, not inspired by anybody else. No one told him to do it. He did it. He wandered mm-hmm. out into the field. Yeah, no fields. producer involvement. Not mm-hmm. at all. No, he, listen, Matt's a stand-up guy. He thinks about his his uh, the ladies on his season. And he wandered into the fields of Nemecolin and grabbed that orchid at himself. What a guy. Again, more destruction. <laughs> more destruction. Like, Nemecolin is just like the wild, wild west, apparently. You can do like whatever. It's like one of those break rooms where you get half an hour and you get like a bat. I have such weird references on this episode. I don't know what's happening. Where you just go in with a bat. It's like, just break anything you want for the next half an hour. Here's some plates. Here's some glasses. Have at it. That's what you get to do at Nemecon, I guess. <laughs> and then. Um, what's that? Yeah. It's a really great moment. They really, you know, Marilyn's very emotional. She says something about. You know, I didn't even know he remembered my name and he remembers that I like flowers. It's very emotional. She's very happy and she's, you know, she's excited about the moment she had with Matt. And Victoria sees it and does not fuck with not it. Not super happy. Not one bit. Yeah, I don't know if the orchid was worth it. I'm I'm going to say it wasn't because it really just blows up in Marilyn's face for no good reason. Marilyn did not deserve any of this, but yet she captured the wrath of Queen Victoria here. Marilyn is toxic. I have so many things to say to Matt. I was not going to tell him about the issues in the house with Marilyn, but like my ultimate state is of love. I don't want to be around her toxic energy. I the wrong color. Should I have been like, hey Matt, uh, you should put a rose in there. (laughs) I feel like that just goes back to like me being an empath. And if I'm around that energy, it can sometimes take over. So I think Marilyn should go home. Hello. How are you doing? At this point, I do feel like I need to fill him in on the antics to like pull out of that toxic environment that Marilyn did create. What's 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 going on? How are you feeling? Victoria's not happy, and so she goes to Matt and kind of decides to tell him that Marilyn is toxic and a bully, and we have seen no evidence of this. And so, and you know, she 
talks about how she had to, they were roommates and she had to sleep on the couch because it, she was so toxic and was such a manipulator. And not only has there been no real evidence of this at all, and I know that like production can cut it however they want, but they have no reason to not show both of these women in a bad light. Like usually if there's like, usually they want to show more women in a bad light. Yeah. No shade to production, but it's like, or they don't usually hide bad behavior from contestants. Yeah. So I feel like if that was true, we would have seen it. Yep. And it, it felt like, okay, yeah, she did sleep on the couch. But, you know, if we look back to that moment earlier in the episode, it was kind of like Marilyn wanted to try and understand Victoria and, like, kind of talk through why they were disagreeing. Okay, well, then I will narrow out you. Like, you were rude to me earlier, like, if you want to go there. How was I rude to you? Like, you said, I want to pick your brain and understand you and see why you act the way you do. You said that. I said, I would like to get to know each other so that we can better understand each other and get to know each other. I didn't make up those words I just said. You said them. So, like, that was insulting to me. We have to room together. We have to live together. I'm trying to make it work. Oh, my God, I'm so over it here. I don't understand, like, what's happening here. I kind of don't want to sleep in her room. No, I I wouldn't want to sleep with her. 100%. Marilyn, she's psychologically disturbed, literally. Like, I'll sleep on a couch like, rather than share a room with Marilyn. I don't even care. And Victoria, it, it was like what I said, like she's throwing shit at the wall and trying to see what sticks and trying to find a way to put herself in a position where she could say, I had to sleep on the couch. It's like, no, she didn't have to sleep on the couch. She wanted to because she wanted to create a conflict. Yeah, yeah. That, again, felt kind of force yep a little bit like just skipping the middle parts all over the place and uh, all over the place with Marilyn here i think it's safe to say i'm just gonna hedge my bets that this is gonna be the two-on-one i'm i'm really just uh changing my tune every 30 minutes it feels like where at first i thought it was gonna be katie and mari now it seems like there's they're cool i think i saw them like kind of fraternizing in the little paintball date that they had. Uh, And then I was like, all right, well, it's going to be Kit and Victoria. We're going to do an East Coast, West Coast. Like, hell yeah. I did like the East Coast, West Coast suggestion. Yeah, the little feud there. Yeah, I would have been on board with that. But now looks like it's going to be Marilyn and Victoria, maybe. This one feels different to me than the two-on-ones that we've had, whether it was uh, the one that I thought we were going to get where it was Chasen and Ed or whether it was Bennett and Noah, because all of those four parties, they all kind of did something, right? There were people who were more at fault, but they all engaged with the drama and were clearly getting pulled into the weeds of it. Marilyn's just over here minding her business. Yeah, I think you said this another time, but yeah, there's an instigator and an agitator, but there's also the other person who feeds into it. Whereas that is not what we see here. It's like we have the instigator agitator, but Marilyn is just trying to talk it out. She's truly not taking the bait. So really quick, um, you know, Matt pulls her aside and tries to talk to her, but Marilyn's between a rock and a hard place. And as we know, Matt hasn't seen other seasons. He doesn't really understand that contestants, that smart contestants and contestants who actually really are good emotional fits and stuff like that for leads, they don't get involved in bullshit and drama. And so, you know, in his mind, he's like, well, 
Victoria must be telling me the truth that she's getting bullied because if there really was an even conflict, then Marilyn would have said something to me. But because she didn't say anything to me, it must be because she's hiding the fact that she's a bully. And so Marilyn is truly fucking stuck. Rocking yeah. a hard place. It's like he's literally saying to her, like, how come you didn't say anything to me about this from jump? Yeah. And how is she supposed to explain that? I feel so bad for Marilyn here because, yeah, yeah, as you've said, she's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Literally, what is she going to do? What is she supposed to do here? Like, all right, here, let's do a little game of role play. Ready? Are you you ready? All right. All right. (laughs) I'm going to be Matt. You're going to be Camila. You get to join the season temporarily. So, hey, you did it. But, you know. You might be happy, but you're about to get into a fight. We're just going to tank your oh, no. your vibe real quick. Uh, who do you want to fight? I'll, I'll let you pick who you're going to fight. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Kit? You're going to fight Kit. Okay. All right. So, Camila, uh, Kit came to me and said that you're bullying her and you've just said some really nasty things about her. And I, I'm just really upset hearing that. And I don't know, what do you what do you have to say for yourself? Um, this is coming a little bit of a surprise. Can I what did what did I say exactly? She said what that did you're I bullying her. Bully her about? You're you're just bullying her. You're just bullying her. What'd you say to her? I mean, I Why do you have to think about it? Why do you have to think about it? I I, I, I just I can't get involved in this right now. I need to just take take some time to think. Um, I'll see you at the rose ceremony. That's essentially what Marilyn is working with here, where like there's no winning. Yeah. There's no real winning here. And because uh, as yeah. soon as you start trying to defend something that like, didn't really happen, then like since it's... You sound defensive. Yeah, you sound defensive. There's no way to not sound defensive in this situation. And then you're doomed. Yeah. It's just game yeah. over. Game over, man. Yeah. Um, And Marilyn is still trying to fix the situation she wants to talk to victoria victoria's not really facilitating this talk you know she's acting as if she's scared for her safety or something like she's not letting Marilyn sit near her she's not letting Marilyn talk like she lets Marilyn say i'm sorry and then like cuts her off immediately and just kind of throwing some like gas lady phrases at her. Matt had mentioned that you think that I'm toxic and manipulative. I do think you are those things. <sighs> I want, I don't want to continue fighting. I'm not trying to fight either, but I yeah, think and that like, I think that we can, we're like oil and vinegar. But I think that we can come to an understanding. I really do believe that we can if we try. I don't care to, Marilyn. I did this not say those things. I'm, I need a break. You're too much for me. Okay. It's not enjoyable to watch at all. I mean, is it objectively good TV? Yeah, of course. But it just, something about the fact that Marilyn is not feeding into it the way that people have in the past when it comes to a villain and their and their target, that hurts. It's not satisfying in yeah. the same way. It genuinely feels like this poor girl does not deserve this. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, just a little innocent angel baby who didn't sign up for this, nor deserves it. Yeah. So I'll give Victoria one ounce of credit that I thought she was very reasonable in was when Marilyn was, again, being the adult, trying to defuse the situation. And she comes over and says, like, hey, do you want to uh, talk outside really quick? And Victoria, you know, 
has got boundaries and she's like, you know, I'm not going outside. It's freezing. The most fair thing she will likely say all season <laughs> if I'm making that prediction. That was uh, sensible, you know? Reasonable. Yeah. Objectively reasonable. Fine. We will give it to her. Yeah. And then off the rails. Just, just no redeeming qualities after that. Truly. Truly, truly. So then we quickly transition to the rose ceremony. A handful of roses are given out. And then finally, the moment that we've been waiting for since the cold open, Sarah going a little uneasy, Brie helping her out, helps her walk away. They both have roses. They kind of walk over to a couch. There's some production people like mulling around, wondering what the heck's happening. When they first start walking away, most of the girls are looking over to what's happening and a couple of the girls are just laser focused on Matt. Like Rachel does not look away. She's just staring at Matt. Well which I kind of It made me chuckle, even though we are in a serious situation. <laughs> and so Matt goes over, you know, we see very Cloverfield like, you know, the, <laughs> uh, the camera gets taken off its tripod and gets jumbled around <laughs> and we are taken over to where Sarah is sitting on the ground with Brie and she is basically saying she's seeing stars like she's blacking out. They call a medic over and scene to be continued. Ooh, dramatic. But although the episode lands on a to be continued, uh, we're not done yet here because we're going to introduce a new bit on the Baby Got Batch podcast. So psych on to be continued. Well, I guess we're continuing. So in a way, we're just continuing right into this new bit. Yeah, this is a segment that we're thinking of adopting more often. We'll see how it goes. But it is called the Batch Nation Moment of the Week. Woo! Sound effect, sound effect. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're recapping the show. But what happened on the show happened many, many moons ago. Batch Nation Moment of the Week is kind of our chance to comment on things that are happening in real time with our favorite Batch Nation contestants, past castmates, and members, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, this is where you could, where if you want to uh, expand your greater cinematic universe of Bachelor Nation, this is where you do it. This is the place to be. Yeah, truly, this is more for me. This is for <laughs> to help me expand beyond just the straight TV consumption that is my usual Bachelor habit. So with that being said, Brett, what's your favorite Bachelor Nation moment of the week? Well, one actually happened during the episode, which like kind of not really counts. We'll go more into it uh, with, with more proper Batch Nation moments of the week. But Matt tweeted out that on his date with Bree, when they were just about to go into the hot tub, that he was doing push-ups where she couldn't see. And I just like kind of appreciated that, you uh know? It's a little pump up for the date. You know, he's about to be shirtless and maybe it was before the chopping wood. Who knows when it was? I just appreciate it. Wait, that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so I appreciated that. But, I mean, we can't avoid the TikTok spree that was Bachelor Nation this past week. Do you have more to say on the Twitter? So I, again, I don't really, I'm not super in tuned to the social media aspect of Bachelor Nation, but I do love TikTok. And if something makes it to my For You page, you know, I'm going to like it. I'm going to forward it to Brett. Uh, so yeah. I really, my favorite moment of the week was um, a TikTok from the sister of one of the women who went home night one, Cassandra. Cassandra. It was just a rejection type of funny TikTok. 
I chuckled, Brett chuckled. It was some lighthearted fun. And I'm glad that Cassandra's still getting a perk from going on the show. Yeah. Sometimes you go home night one. Sometimes it sucks to go all the way there and feel like you don't really have a chance. So at least she has like something fun to fall back on, which is, you know, a little self-deprecating yeah. humor. And she like, had like a couple, she had a couple good TikToks too. And I will say too, that Cassandra was one of my moments on night one where I am just uh, befumbled, if you will, that the lead could send this person home. This one just did not understand. So, uh, you know, Cassandra, you know, you're doing great. You're doing great. Matt yeah, didn't make any sense. Matt, Matt messed up. The other side of Bachelor Nation TikTok was around Rachel. And there are two parts to this one. One was a someone who went to Rachel's high school talked about how when her and her friends um, you know, were in school together, they actually made fun of this girl for um, dating or liking black men. And that's not obviously super ideal if you are going to be dating the very first black bachelor. Um, and then just to, uh, some, some other things that came up with that was, um, you know, on Instagram and what people like, because especially after that TikTok came out, the, uh, you know, Reddit's like the best sleuthers of them all. So I think it popped up on there where, uh, Rachel liked some, pictures of friends with like a confederate flag in the background i think she had like oh, no. like a native american costume like there's there's a yeah some not great stuff which is disappointing to see and uh it's years ago so i'm hoping yeah. you know benefit of the doubt even though that feels like a uh scary thing to throw around that she has grown or um, I'm hoping that we'll hear something from her on this at some point. I don't think it'll be anytime soon because I'm sure the show is not letting her speak. But yeah, I'm not holding my breath only because the girl who posted the TikTok calling her out when the TikTok blew up, she posted a series of TikToks kind of like explaining the original viral one and saying that like her friends had started like attacking her on social media because of her viral TikTok. So it's kind of like, well, is that the road you want to take? Like attacking this girl? Yeah. Or, you know, even if it's like to issue a denial, like that's not a good look to attack yeah. her yeah. or have your friends attack her. Like it's just not. So for me, that's kind of a, a bad omen. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I guess we'll just have to, we got to wait and see. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired, but, you know, I'm it's, it's so very much tired. aware. You know, I just don't, I want such a uh, long week. This is not what I, uh, I, I need is like more questionable social media activity from bachelor people but with that fun note with that fun note that takes us to the end of another episode of baby got batch we did it this episode was produced by us brett vergara and my pal camila salazar mm, that's me <laughs> have any questions comments or opinions for us from this episode or maybe better yet, you have some suggestions for better day cards than the ones we saw today. Send them to us. Email us at babygotbatchpod at gmail.com. Please send those date cards. And also, don't forget to rate, review, share, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're rating us, five stars if you, you know, you're feeling fancy about it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. 
Bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.